uh, one of the guys told me, you know what, you're so involved, you know too many secrets, it's only right you get jumped in. Or, you know, as women, you'll get, take turns by each man that was in that group. And he told me, well, you know what, if, if you don't want to do those things, he's like, I'm gonna give you an assignment. They wanted me to, to shank somebody. Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. I am your host, Eric Villatoro. Today, I have Natalia Diaz. How are you doing, Nat? Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing excellent, excellent. Um, thank you so much for, for making the time to, to come have a conversation with me. I'm super excited. I, uh, I officially met you probably like a couple weeks ago, but I saw you, um, uh, I think like what, two months ago? Was it two months? Yeah. From the retreat? Two months, two months ago. Yes. So I saw you worshiping and, and uh, I've interviewed Jason Diaz, your husband, um, an incredible man of God. And uh, I've heard some incredible things from him. And obviously, like seeing you worship and seeing how you worship the Lord, I was like, there's something absolutely special there with your relationship with God. And uh, um, but obviously, I, I, we never had had a conversation till probably a couple of days ago. And uh, I'm just super excited for people to get to know your your testimony and to hear from you. But for those who may not be uh, familiar with you, uh, could you just give a quick word of who you are and what you do? Yes, um, I am from New York. Um, I am living currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's an awesome city. Um, but right now I am in El Salvador on a mission from God. And yeah, we met like two months ago. Um, I saw you doing your thing, taking photos, taking videos. Um, the content was amazing. So props to you. And ever since then, I've been listening to the podcast and it's just, it's been blessing my life. Honestly, it's been truly blessing my life. Man, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing <laughs> to hear. Cause you know, I, I mean, it's all just trying to serve God, just trying to spread the word of what Jesus is doing. Um, Cause obviously he's done a, a, some, some real deep work. He's still doing a lot of deep work in me. And so I know that there's a lot of people that that need that same love that that need to experience what he is doing in people's lives. And so with that, let, let's talk about you. So um, what did God do in your life? How how did he what, what was that moment like when you came to know of our King Jesus? Whew, man, it's um it was literally a moment like this. That's why when it's a conversation, I love having conversations with people because I feel like this is this is important for God, you know? And it happened in a night like that. It was probably around three o'clock in the morning. And I was very addicted to drugs, alcohol. I was involved in gangs, just living my life, a person who didn't know God. I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So going to church or even hearing somebody speak about God was just really, was really weird for me, honestly. Like I told you that one time, um, the only thing I knew about Jesus was, you know, baby Jesus at the time of Christmas under the tree. <laughs> I didn't know anything else. Um, but there was one night, it was three o'clock in the morning. And I remember, I don't know if you know those apartments that usually have like the ACs um, unit outside. And that was like every young group's hangout spot. And I was just there, three o'clock in the morning. I was smoking, getting high, um, just talking to myself. And what was a moment I thought was talking to myself was really talking to him, and I didn't realize it. Uh, I just kept mm. saying, I am tired of life. I am just overwhelmed. I'm just fed up of just smoking and the, the same lifestyle I was living. And there was that moment where, out of nowhere, I heard his voice. I heard his voice like if someone was whispering to me. Now, be before before you get to that moment, let's talk about the lifestyle. Let's give people a little bit of background of where was that anxiety or depression or whatever you were feeling? Where was that coming from? Ooh, man. <laughs> Anyone who knew me back then, and, and I'm excited to put this up soon because... Every, anyone who knew me back then knew me as that person who was in high school, always fighting, getting into trouble. Um, I was known, you know, for smoking. I, I just had a bad rep, really. And 
the life that I was living at that time was just around uh, revolving around gangs, really. Um, not really involved as in, oh, I got jumped in or I got in completely, but I was a, surrounded by that lifestyle. So pretty much just saying I, I was part of it. You know, I knew every secret. I knew everything that was going on in that, that gang. And just my life was just so damaged. I just... I was just so messed up, depression. Um, I had a lot of eating disorders. Um, anything you could think of that you could re receive from the world is what I had. Depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, um, at that time, pornography. Because I know that as women, we don't a lot. You don't hear that a lot, but it's out there and it's true. It's not just men; it's women as well. Um, jumping from relationship to relationship, it was just it was just a it was a damaged lifestyle, honestly. Could you give uh, also? We spoke about this before, um, and you 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 made a a good point. As in, like even when we talk about uh, yes, pornography that 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 is a big one with women that we don't think about women being addicted to pornography. And then the other one is uh, uh, gang uh, gang lifestyle, right? Yeah. Where we also also just look at the men and oh what they do and what they go through and we don't think about what women in that gang lifestyle are going through so um could you give us some insight on that what was it like for you as a woman as a latina and uh and in, in in a gang environment and we'll keep the the the, the gangs what, what gang you were a part of in in private just to you know for security purposes but um yeah, could you just give some insight as to that lifestyle and, and what you had to do, what you went through? Yes, um, I feel like as a woman, um, I never met someone who's been in that lifestyle before. So when I was involved, um, I was always like on the sidelines, just hanging out, you know, with my friends. And I just started seeing things, you know, I started seeing the things that, you know, was going, you know, behind closed doors, you know, the things that they would do. Um and I was just, I, I just got involved because um, I was in a bad relationship before I knew uh, who is now my husband. <laughs> I was in a terrible relationship and I didn't know he was in a gang until I started hanging out with his friends, started hanging out with his, with his, you know, his group. And then I started to realize the people that I started surrounding myself with. And before I even knew it, there was just no way of getting out. Once I was in, I was in. Um, Everyone that knew me at the time knew me because of him. So even when we ended up that relationship, there was just no getting out. I was already so involved. And at that time, it was just normal. It was just a normal lifestyle. It was just uh, normal friendships. It just became normal that the person that I used to be, you know, that innocent person, um, because this started when I was just 16 years old, you know, I was just very innocent, always into like, dancing, um, dance groups, basketball. I was involved in all these things that a normal teenager would be involved in until I got into a terrible relationship. That changed me completely. And once I got in there, that's when you know the drinking happened, the smoking happened, different drugs, and there was just no escape. I felt like there was no, no escape out of it. And it just became a part of me. It, not even a part of me, it became all of me at that moment. You know, and it was it was a crazy, crazy time. I saw saw a lot of crazy things. Um, Could I saw you say that, like what? Yeah, like what? I um, I remember one night, very crazy. I never spoke about it in public, um, but there was one night that always stood to me. Was I had a, received a phone call like around seven o'clock in the morning, and at that time it was normal, you know, to be out in the streets at that time, three o'clock in the morning, four a.m. I didn't care. I was fearless. And I lived in a very uh, dangerous area in Charlotte. And I received a phone call and they told me, hey, you know, come outside. Uh, something just went down. Um, come through right next door. So as I come out, um, there was this car and my friends were in there. And there was just blood everywhere, everywhere. There was blood everywhere, all over their shirts, all over the car. One of my friends got shot. And it just, the blood splattered everywhere. And as I saw that, man, even when I came to Christ, that was, that was a trauma moment that was really yeah. hard to let go of. So that was one of the things that I saw. Uh, it was just normal to lose friends. It was normal, you know, to see that kind of lifestyle, you know, and 
that was one of the craziest things that when I came to Christ, um, that I really needed to get prayed on because it just, it traumatized me completely. But at that moment, it was just so normal. It's crazy to know that in the world, something like that is just normal to you. But then when you come to Christ, you're like, whoa, like this, this, I need to get healed from this. You know, and these are things that I've always kept to myself. My, my family didn't even know about it. They always wow. knew I was out in the streets. They never knew what I was involved in. They never knew what I was doing. Um, it was just normal, you know, when I was hanging out with friends to get pulled over by cops and they knew my name. It was just normal, you know, and yeah. there was one time where I just knew too many secrets. I knew too many things that that was happening. Um, and then we had a meeting one time uh, with this group that I was involved in. And we were in an abandoned house and they were jumping two or three people already in the gang at that moment. And there was one where it was like a punishment and they were just beating him up. And I think in that moment already, everything just started inside of me. I just started feeling sick to my stomach, you know, like everything that I was seeing, everything that I was going through for many years. Cause this started when I was 16 until almost my twenties, you know, wow. yeah. and it just traumatized my life. And I remember that night, uh, one of the guys told me, you know what, you're so involved. You're so involved, you know too many secrets, you know where we live, you know a lot of our homes, of our families. It's only right that you get you you get jumped in. Or, you know, as women, you'll get take turns by each man that was in that group. And and I was just man, I was super afraid, bro. I was super afraid. And I was very tough at that like at those moments of my of my years with them, I was always so tough, so hard. Um, was never fearless, but in that moment, that moment just changed everything. And I just knew, I knew deep down there was something going on inside of me. And he told me, well, you know what, if, if you don't want to do those things, he's like, I'm gonna give you an assignment. And this was one of the biggest leaders from that, from that group. Even talking about this, is, it's, it's dangerous to even talk about this right now. Cause I know this is, you know, something that, that, um, God is going to be speaking to a lot of people and, you know, I remember praying about this. I was like, God, like, if I live through this, I'm going to speak about it. You know, I got to be transparent about it. Um, because, you know, sometimes we have to be that sacrifice to be able to touch someone's life. You know, for God to say, hey, you know, just what she went through, I know you're going through it and I could take you out of it just like I took her out of it. You know, and in that night, I remember he told me, well, I'm going to give you an assignment and you have to carry out this assignment. So Did you say there. what the the assignment was or no? Um, no, I didn't say what it was. Um, no, I say, could you say? Could you? Oh reveal? yeah, yeah. They wanted me to to shank somebody, right? Wow. And it was a woman. It was a girl. And just to get out of that room, I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I'm hard. Like, okay, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And but but by the time I got out of there, uh, I stood outside the whole night. I just started getting high. Just started panicking. Um, and that night, that very night, God spoke to me at three o'clock in the morning. I was getting high and I heard his voice so clear. And I was just like, God, thank you so much because you didn't waste a minute. Like you saved me right there and then. You spoke to me. And the first things that I heard from him was, I love you. And for me to receive those words, for me to receive those words, it's just, it's crazy because I, my dad is alive, but I didn't really grow up with him. He's been really absent in my life. I grew up with my mom, but she's been very absent as well. You know, she was a single mom working hard, you know, the Hispanic life that a lot of, you know, single mothers live, um, strong woman. And so to hear those words, sometimes my mom never even told me those words. So those words, I was like, man, God, you knew exactly what to say. You knew exactly what to say to capture to catch my attention. And those were the words that I heard from him. And I thought, you know what? It's I'm high right now. <laughs> I thought maybe this is maybe I'm just having a trip moment, you know, maybe this is, you know, because in that moment I was like, I heard a voice, but I didn't know God. You know what I mean? I didn't know him. I didn't know anything about him. And but I heard that voice. And it was How did it feel? How did it, how did that feel when you when you when you heard that internally or man I just I feel it even right now just talking about it it was man it was it was 
it was like a comfort. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just so, I don't know if you've ever been through something in your life where those you hear those exact words and it just makes everything all right. It just makes everything all right. Like he knew what to say at the right moment. He knew exactly what words to use. And to me, for someone to say, I love you, to me was everything. Because I used to look for that satisfaction in every relationship. I used to look for those words, you know, from my father, from my mother, from even my brothers or my sisters, you know. So to hear those words to me was like, man, it just captivated me. You know, yeah. it just it did something inside of me that it just, oh, man, just talking about it right now, it just brings me such joy to know that God is so personal, that he knows exactly what to say and when to say it. And that was what happened to me. That was my first encounter with him, with God. <laughs> so let's keep going. Let's keep going. So, I mean, he talks to you. You hear him. You 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 feel this this comfort. What, what happens next? I mean, you're in a gang. I mean, you're not in it, but you're in it. They're, yeah. once, they're, they're, calling, they're calling you to do a task to be in this thing. Mm -hmm. So what, it doesn't just go away. You know what I mean? So what happens, what happens next? Well, the crazy thing is that I was in a relationship at that time with who, the guy who's my husband now. And um, God's been speaking to his life as well. While God was, you know, doing doing what he was doing in my life, God was speaking to him as well. And um, he was also involved in a gang, but in, a, in another gang. So um, we, were just, <laughs> we were just a mess, man. And that week, I remember that um, I didn't hear from him on Sunday. I, I haven't heard from him. I would call him. He wouldn't answer. And I was like, man, what is going on with him? It was that same week that God spoke to me. So when he finally answered, um, he was telling me he was coming out of church. I was like, what? Like, church? Like, you know, if anybody knew Jason back in the days, they knew that Jason, he just wasn't that type. You know, he just, he grew up in a Christian home. He, you know, his his parents are pastors, but, you know, he was an alcoholic, you know, drug addict. You know, we were just, that was our lifestyle. And so when he told me he went to church, there was an anger that came over me. And it was hilarious because I told him, so you went to church, but you didn't take me with you. <laughs> I was like, you didn't take me with you knowing that I need this too. <laughs> you know, I need this. How did, how did he react to that though? Because that probably was a shock to him too, you know? Yeah. He was like, oh man, like I had no idea. You know, it was, it was, the whole moment was just weird because we didn't even know what we were feeling. Mm. Everything was so new for us, you know? But we were even embarrassed to feel that because, you know, what would his parents say? What would the church say? Everyone knew us. When we, when we would visit church, you know, we would visit his parents' church and we weren't Christians. We'll show up the way that we would show up. Sometimes we would show up with a hangover, you know, and it was terrible. So we were that, that couple in church that we were just a mess. So when I told him, hey, you didn't take me with you, I knew and I told him, you know what? Uh, let's go to your mom's cell group next week and, and I want to accept too. I couldn't wait for it to be Thursday. It was Sunday that day and I was just waiting for her cell group on Thursday because I just, I knew I needed this, you know? Yeah. There was just no buts, no ifs. There was no looking back. I didn't even care about my friends. I didn't care about what I was living or what they were telling me. I just knew that I heard what I heard and I wanted more, you know? Yeah. And so that, that Thursday I went I got dropped off by Jason. <laughs> and as soon as I stepped in that, that home, you would hear the words of people like, oh, she's here. Like, she's here. Like, the person they never expect to be in a cell group. Oh, she's here. And so I just started having that fear inside of me. But, but the Holy I just started feeling something burning inside of me. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at that time, but it was burning me. And it was a battle because I would hear the voices, oh, she's here. But then also knowing that I wanted this. And so that night I accepted Jesus. And every addiction that I had in that moment, in an instant, it just went away. I was a person that I needed to smoke morning, evening, nighttime, middle of the night. I was just, it was an addiction, horrible. And the moment that I accepted, everything just went away. And for I know that for some people it's not really like that. It's a process for some people. 
Right. But for me, it was like it just went away instantly. And hanging out with the people I was still hanging out with, even though I was a Christian, I knew that I was out of my place. I promise you it didn't take long for me to realize that this is not the group of people I need in my life. And it took maybe about three or four months until I started to separate myself from everyone. Um, and it's crazy because I could say that the only the only way that I am here alive in front of you is because God's been good. You know, I felt like the assignment that they gave me at that moment to to do, I feel like God was just protecting me because it just kind of like, just it just went away. <laughs> like as soon as they knew I was Christian, they just didn't bother me anymore. They accepted wow. me still the way that I was. Uh, was there a connection still? No, they didn't want nothing to do with me, <laughs> you know? But everything just changed. Everything just changed and... Dude, that's interesting. The The, the fact that they saw you as a Christian, I mean, they you, they see that you are accepting Jesus mm-hmm. and then they just kind of back off. Um, it's very interesting because I'm, I know that in El Salvador, specifically where, where you're located right now too, that that's the thing that I've been I uh, seeing through like research and uh, prison ministry that mm-hmm. I see that's happening over there. Yeah. A lot of people who are coming to Jesus, um, this is like a way out, you know. And 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 some people obviously are just doing it out of out of like frustration and just this is their last choice. And then there's other people who are genuinely having encounters. But even whatever, whichever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that gang members are kind of sort of like honoring this. What what do you think it's what what's what's going on there? Cuz that's like I've always wondered what that was because when I became Christian, um I well, before I became Christian, I had two friends that became Christian. And the same thing happened. They just kind of like ignored it, you know, they didn't pay mind to it. Obviously when they would see that person, there was just no interaction anymore. Um, they will always give you that, like, that mean look, like, I see you, but I'm not going to talk to you. Uh, and I've always questioned what that was. But honestly, the only thing that I could say is that when God calls you, he, he protects you, you know, Come on and now. there's nothing, there's nothing the enemy can do, you know? And as soon as he calls you, there's this, there's this, there's this shield over you, you yeah. know? And that's what I felt because I've questioned myself that many times I was like, man, like, I don't understand how. I was so deep in this. And as soon as I accepted, it was like everything just went away. Mm. You know, obviously, I still had a fear. I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of fear sometimes driving around my neighborhood or driving around um, the east side. where I, used, I mean, the south side where I used to live. And I had that fear inside of me. Um, I was always having dreams that I was getting shot. Just crazy things because of that fear. Until I started, I started to understand that, that he is with me. You know, that that he is greater than my fear. He is greater than 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 anything else. And I feel like that's what's happened here in El Salvador, too, because obviously, you know, El Salvador is known for, you know, for the gangs. And it's changed, obviously, throughout the years. Um, But I've seen, you know, I've seen here a lot of gang members, the church that we had opened up here. um, We had a few of them come. We've had young young ones in their 16s, 17s, and we had some in their 20s. And honestly, for them, like you said, the only way out for them is God. It really is God. Yeah. And isn't that the, the way out for all of us? Yeah, it's the only we way all, out. <laughs> it don't matter what you're doing. Really it really is the only way. <laughs> but that must be cool, though, for you know for you to be able to... For you to go through all this stuff and then for God to then put you in a place that has been known for a long time to be oppressed by uh, this spirit of, of of gangs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's really cool because I'm sure that you're able to connect with them in a different in a different way, in a different level than just a normal person who hasn't experienced what they've gone through. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because it really it really started to speak to me when he, you know when God says that what the enemy had wanted to use to destroy you, He's going to use that for His glory. Mm. And I remember that over the months of being a Christian, that the messages that I would receive from my old friends was, "Hey, can you pray for me? 
hey, um, I'm going through this. Can you pray for me? And this, these were gang members. And that blew my mind. And I was like, you know what? Like, instead of me separating myself from them, I'm going to draw closer. Because, because of that fear of what I lived, I wanted to separate myself completely, which I did. But there yeah. came a moment where God just started speaking to me where I'm going to use you for this. And I remember I received the word and told me, hey, I'm going to take you. Um, it was a prophet that came to the church. Hey, I'm going to take you to the nations and I'm going to take you to the most dangerous places. Never, never knowing it was going to be El Salvador, one of those places, you know, and I, it made me realize, man, what we go through, it's really a testimony for someone else's life, you know, yeah. and and he's never going to put you, he's never going to allow you to go through something where you're yeah. going to fail or where you're going to um, take the wrong route. Or, I mean, obviously there's moments where when you're in the world, you're going to go through so many things. You're, you're lost. You're disconnected from God. You know yeah. what I mean? But that moment where he spoke to me made me realize, because he spoke to me before I even knew him, made me, made me realize that even when we're going through what we're going through, he is still there. Like he is still there. And, and even through everything that I was going through, um, they started reaching out. Gang members started reaching out, asking for prayer. And um, I had one time where um, that same year that I accepted, I brought, <laughs> and this is, this is funny to say, I brought all the gang members' girlfriends to the church. Oh, let's was, go. Yes. It was about six of them. And they all accepted that date. They wow. all accepted it. <laughs> it was powerful. It was so powerful. And I was like, man, like, this is life, man. Like, this is this is what I'm living for, you know? And I, I will never forget that day. I brought them to church, and they all gave their life to Christ, you know? And, dude, like, isn't that crazy to know that <laughs> what you went through, you know, God uses that. He really does yep. use that, you know, and and there's, you know, those girls are serving serving the Lord, you know, in their own churches, and God's doing it. God's doing it. Dude, is it that that is man, I I I think about that all the time, you know, when when I do this podcast or when I'm talking to anybody, and I say it all the time that, you know, um in the world, when we're in the world and doing whatever we want, we can, we can give advice and we can tell people, okay, don't do this or don't do that. But it's so much easier to just point to the one. Yes. Point to the one who can actually heal you internally. Yes. To the one who can remove your enemies. Yes. You know? And so, like, even you, like, saying that, like, bringing six of your, of your friends uh, to church who were gang members... And then even seeing them, you know, continue like you don't you didn't have to be there 100 percent. Now they're with the one, you know, and so that is just so is always mind boggling to hear that because man, that's what it is. That's life. <laughs> and isn't that a different type of joy, too? Oh, man, it is. I would I'm telling you, it, it just talking about it and thinking back about it, because um, this happened in 20, 2012. So just thinking back about that moment, it's just like, man, just imagine what God could do through you. Yeah. You know? and yeah, we go through things, but never underestimate what what he can do because of your past. You know, yeah. and he uses that for his glory. And I thought that I was just messed up and broken. And and yeah, I accepted Jesus. But how could he ever use someone like me? How could he ever, you know, with what I live, like, how is that even possible? You know, yeah. but I love this part of the Bible where it says, we didn't chose him. He chose us. To me, that always sticks to me because I'm like, man, like whenever I feel like I need to reach out to God, he's already reached out to me. You know, whenever I feel like, like I am distant, he's, he's already near. Hmm. And just even the thought of, of man, it's just beautiful, man. Like, it's just, ugh, I just feel that joy right now. Just talking about it. There's just nothing greater than that. And I really, I've always wanted to speak about this because I felt like for many years the enemy has been wanting to, to shut me out on that. Oh yeah. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about you know that gang life. Don't, that's that's the past. I believe. Um, but I really felt that for the even for the women. You know, I, I heard one of the podcasts that you had and just it really touched me about a, 
uh, a guy that was involved in the gangs. And yeah. I did hear that one. And that I was just like, man, that's amazing. Um, but God really started speaking to me about, you know, the women that are in that lifestyle and that they're stuck in that lifestyle. And they feel like they have no way out because of the relationship that they're in. Most of these girls are in them because of the relationships. That's how it started for me, you know? Mm. And, and I know that God is reaching out to the women of this generation as well to, you know, to bring that change into their family. A lot of these women that accepted that year that I told you about brought, brought, brought Jesus into their homes, you know, yeah. changed, changed families, changed the children. They're, they're, and it's, they're in it, you know, and, and there's nothing that God cannot do. He could do it all, man. Let's, uh, let's, let's bounce into, um, your life as a Christian. Um, because obviously we can, we can talk about, you know, the joy that we feel in the Lord and, and how he, he fights our battles and it's all true, you know, and I can attest to that. You can attest to that. You know, I'm sure people can look at our lives and see the change that, you know, Jesus just does, you know? Yeah. Um, but one, one of the things that you mentioned to me and that I definitely want you to talk about is, you know, your struggles then as a Christian, right? Um, you have mentioned to me that, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've experienced depression as a follower of Jesus. And, uh, and that is a powerful thing to, to hear, you know, because a lot of people like to put up a facade of like, I'm good. Right. Everything's good. I'm walking with the Lord. Everything is. And, and no, and the truth of the matter is things get harder because now we're aware of all the darkness around us. You know, our eyes are open. Could you speak on that? What 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 happened there? What did where did depression come from? Uh, just share some light on that. Yes. Um, well, this this actually started um, when I was 16. I got diagnosed with PCOS. Um, a lot of people don't know what PCOS is, but it's a syndrome that causes infertility. And obviously, besides infertility, uh, one of the main things it causes is depression. Um, it causes weight gain. It causes um, losing weight, losing your hair, um, just inflammation. You're bloated. You're, you're in a lot of pain. Um, you start having a lot of uh, cysts in your ovaries, which is, makes it like a crucial pain to even walk. Wow. And the day that I was diagnosed with this, um, I remember I was home and I, I felt paralyzed. I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, my boyfriend, who's my husband now at that time, <laughs> took me to the hospital. He had to carry me to the hospital. And everything started then. Um, obviously, when I was 16, I wasn't a Christian just yet. But this sickness um, came with me even when I became Christian. Now, when I became Christian, obviously, all the addictions that I had were gone. Um, yeah. The addiction that I had for weed was gone, that I had for, for Coke was gone, for pills. Everything was gone. Um, but this sickness was something that was walked with, with me all the years since I was 16. And I will always receive words from God where um, you are healed or, you know, I had I received a prophetic word one time where God God told me uh, I'm gonna give you two sons and one daughter, and I was always receiving this. And when you receive a word from God, I mean it's just you receive it with everything you have yeah. and you believe it. Um, and over the years, it was the same thing until obviously you know being sick and and everything was messing with me mentally as well. I noticed myself going deeper, deeper in a hole of anger um i just felt like i was being let down um i was obviously a pastor you know we were pastoring with my husband i was a i'm a worship leader i'm involved with the youth you know mind all this i'm doing all this i'm doing kingdom work full on um i do every you know the graphics in church i do everything that i have to do in church and depression started coming in uh, 2017 and the reason why I feel like it started coming to my life was I was dealing with, with the physical pain that was affecting me spiritually. Um, and just having to hear that, you know, obviously I got married with my husband in 2014. We've been trying to have kids. We're, you know, doing everything in our part to have kids. You know, when he married me, he knew the issues that I had physically, you yeah. know. 
And so we took that step of faith. And but throughout the years of doing everything, you you know, you're doing everything correctly. As a Christian, you're thinking, I'm doing everything right. I am praying. I am fasting. I am worshiping. You know, I'm, I never miss a Sunday. I never miss a, a service. And I did everything I was supposed to do, you know. And 2017, when my depression started coming, I realized that I was just always angry. I I would go to church, but I was, I was there because of a responsibility. I just, I didn't have that that passion anymore for it. And I just became angry with God. If I could be completely honest, I just I just got angry. I got angry at the fact that I was always receiving all these prophetic words and I would never see it happen. I would never, um, I was still feeling sick. I was always throwing up every day. It was just, it was horrible. You know, instead of receiving good words, the doctors were telling me, hey, this is a possibility of having ovarian cancer, or it was just terrible. So I remember I just didn't want to leave the room anymore. I was always in my room. Um, I could <laughs> I could literally like hear, and this is crazy, but I could literally hear like footsteps in my room and I knew it was demons around me. I was just, I just wow. became a different person. And when the depression came, I just tried to hide it. I didn't want to know, but I didn't want anybody to know. I would be in church always smiling but when I went home I was just angry I was I just didn't want anybody to speak to me I was in my room and every time I came from work I would park my car in front of the apartment and I would wait at least an hour before I went up to my apartment because I just I was just crying in the car I was yelling at God I was just (laughs) I was brutally honest with God and I was just like I don't understand you like how could you say these things and you're seeing me suffer you're seeing me go through things physically, but then again, you're still promising me these things that I'm not seeing, you know? And I started realizing that God was no longer the first thing in my heart. Mm. And I feel like that's where depression really took a toll on me. He was no longer the first thing in my heart. What what took his place was this thing that I wanted was to be a mother. Yeah. And that just took first place in my heart. And it was more important than everything that I was receiving or hearing from him, like, well, yeah, you're saying all these things, but I'm still not seeing it. So it just made it harder. It started rocking my faith. It started um, really messing with me. Well, is he really a God of miracles? But it was it was hard not to even believe that he was a God of miracles because he was using me for miracles. Mm, <laughs> it just, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. So even when I wanted to deny that he was a God of miracles, there's just no way I could have denied that. But I was just so stuck in not understanding why I wasn't given the thing that I really wanted. And that's where depression came. And I was battling it for almost a year. Uh, I had started having suicidal thoughts. Wow. <laughs> I would hear the, yeah, it was insane. And even opening up about this and talking about it now, it was just like, how can I open up about this? I'm a pastor. Like, I'm supposed to be an example. You know, I'm supposed to be transparent. I'm supposed to be... Um, the one telling someone who is dealing with depression, hey, God could take you out of that. Jesus is the only way. Right. No, but I started battling with that on my own. And, but like I said, God never, he's never too far away. He's always near. And there was this one song, <laughs> and I know everybody knows this song. It's called King of My Heart from Bethel. And every time I was, go- bro, <laughs> that is my song. I have been getting, I have gotten right to that song (laughs) it is my jam but the crazy thing and that i realized (laughs) that even though i was so angry with god i couldn't stop worshiping him i was so mad that i couldn't stop worshiping him i don't know if this doesn't make sense it doesn't make make no sense (laughs) it makes no sense it makes no sense i was so mad at him but i couldn't stop worshiping him wow because i knew what he did in my life you know so Man, just talking about this, man, it just brings me joy because I'm like, I was so mad at him, but I still worship. I was so mad at him, but I was still praying. (laughs) I was so mad at him, but I couldn't stop looking for him because I knew that even if I was mad, he's the only thing I ever wanted. (laughs) And this brings me such joy because I feel like a lot of us live that way where things don't go the way that we want them to go. But... He is still 
the love of our life. He is still in the center of it all. And I, I had to come to an understanding that that God is good. I had to come to an understanding. And when I started putting this song, King of My Heart, I was in the room worshiping to this song. And I just had to keep declaring that he was good. I just had to keep declaring that he is good. Then I had to understand that he is not against me, that he is for me. And a lot of us battle with that, even in a Christian lifestyle. We're walking a Christian lifestyle. Things don't go our way. The first, the first thing we the first person we blame is God. But we have to come to understanding that he's not against us. He will never be against us. He loves us. He's our father. He wants the best for us. He's always gonna be for us. And the enemy wanted to to confuse me in that in that area of making me believe that he didn't want to give me this thing. Mm. Of making me believe that that he would give me false hopes or the enemy was just that dirty. And when one night when I was worshiping in my room, I just I just broke. <laughs> I just I just broke and that verse came to my mind, if you only humble yourself and pray. If you would seek me, humble yourself. I had to humble myself that night because I was just so angry. You know, I was just so angry. Wow. And I humbled myself that night. And I just, I remember I put my forehead on the on the floor. And as I did this, I just started worshiping. And I just started declaring, you are good. That's why worship to me is just, worship to me is literally prayer with melody. That's all it is. It's, it's communication with melody. And I just started worshiping. And as I worship. Bro, I started hearing demons screaming in my ear. It was insane. Like literal? Literally screaming in my ear. This <laughs> as I was worshiping. And then I started realize, man, my worship is powerful. My worship is causing the enemy to flee. Like my worship is causing demons to go crazy. Once yes. once I realized that the worship that I had because I started I was worshiping already in church. You know, I was a worship leader, worshiping, singing. But in that moment, I understood worship is more than a song you sing. Worship is declaring your assignment. It's declaring that he is good. It's declaring who he is. This is more than uh, uh, can you sing well. <laughs> this is more than like, you know, what's trending. Right? This, is, this is about him. Yeah. You know, in that moment, as I declared that he was good, that he is good, I just started feeling something light inside of me. I don't know how to explain it. It was like all the heaviness that I was feeling just started slowly, slowly just lifting up a side of me. And as I was hearing these demons scream, um, I just felt like a weight was being lifted off of me. And this was a moment of worship. That's why to me, worship, I always tell people when you're going through a hard time and you don't know what to say, just, just, just worship. Just get in the room and worship, let it out. Because wow. we all carry a song. We all carry um, we all carry the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I feel like when, when we start to flow, it, it's it's him flowing through us. Yeah. You know, and that night, <laughs> that night was crazy because I did all that. I did all that. And then the next day it was like nothing ever happened. I was still in that depression. Mm. I went to church that night and one lady from church. Um, she told me, hey, because I came into church and I was just mad. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And she came up to me and she said, hey, I had a dream with you last night. And this was the time that I was worshiping in my room. And she was like, I had a dream with you last night. And I had a dream that you were worshiping. And that the heavens open above you. And God wanted you to sing to him. And as I was listening to her, I just I just started breaking. I was broken as she was telling me this dream because no one in church knew I was in depression. Just wow. my pastors and my husband. No one knew. <laughs> and um, when she told me this, there was a moment where I was just being broken as she was telling me this. And she was like, she told me that somebody in the congregation said, hey, God is love. And then the dream, I was like, I already know that. Like, I don't want to hear that. And then someone else told me, no, what you need to hear is that God is good. That God is good. So as she told me this, as she was telling me that dream, bro, 
when I went home that night, I stood in my car before I went upstairs and I said, God, no more. I was like, you are good and I'm going to declare it tonight. And in that moment, I was in the car and I could literally feel his presence overwhelm me in the car. And as soon as I stepped out the car, <laughs> Eric, when I tell you, I no longer felt depression ever since then. Wow. It was, it was just declaring his goodness. We hear that God is love. I think the whole world knows this, that he's love. Jesus loves you. Oh, people but, love to use that one. Yeah, it, it's normal to hear that. I heard it all the time. But when, we started, when I started to declare that he, was, that he is good, whoa, that just changed everything. That just changed everything because it made it just confirms to you over and over that even when you go through things, you know, his word says while while you're living here, you're gonna go through things. You're gonna you're gonna deal with things. That's right. But he's yeah. never left us alone. So as so when we start to declare that he is good, man, it just changes everything. And it changed my depression. It it erased my depression. Just to declare that he is good just erased my depression. And I never went through it again. Thank you so much for for being so open and and sharing everything that you know you've gone through. Uh, you mentioned at some point, you know, as far as like when you when you were going through that depression, that um, you had that feeling of uh, you know I'm a pastor and I'm the one that's supposed to be um, you know this this rock right for people yeah. and telling people like you can get freedom and everything. And it's beautiful to see that come back around to that's what you're literally doing now you know mm -hmm. whereas like you even being open and vulnerable to show people this is what i've gone through is being that yes. you know yeah. it's showing people like hey yeah i could be in a position of leadership but i'm still in this world you know, exactly. you know uh, there's there's still forces coming against me as well and the one who can free me from it is the same one who can free you. It's the same guy. Same, you know, it's the same Jesus. It's the same God. So, exactly. And it's crazy because even this happened in 2017. We're in 2021 now. Yeah. And I still haven't received what he has told me. Yeah. But is my attitude and my perspective different? It is completely different. Yeah, because I learned what it is to rest in Him. I I I learned what it is to wait on His timing. That when He says something, He's not a liar. You know, when He has promised you something, it's gonna happen because He is that good. You know, He is that good. You know the the if you look up the the meaning of good in the dictionary, the number one definition is morally perfect. Wow, that's literally <laughs> what good means. When anybody says good. You're not good. God is good, right? <laughs> it's the fact. Nobody, none of us is morally perfect. If you believe yeah. you're a good person, you're a liar, right? <laughs> but even as you said that, I thought about that because you were like, he's not a liar. Yeah, he's good. He's morally perfect. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy because um, all those years passed and, you know, I still, I'm still dealing sometimes with, with health issues. But... It's crazy how he could change your perspective, your perspective in, in a moment of an encounter. That, yeah, yeah. You, you will have an encounter with God, but you have to learn to understand what it is to submit yourself to him. And I feel like sometimes people think, well, if I submit myself to him, you know, he has to take this away from me. Like, he has to do this for me. Or, or you know, if I submit to him, my, my you know, whatever I'm dealing with is just going to be completely gone and yes i believe that he is he is that powerful to do that he's powerful enough to do you know to re, to remove a, a depression in a in a second he's that powerful to do it you know but i started realizing um these couple of days i remember i had a, a a powerful prayer moment with with him and i was just thanking him for those hard moments and i was just like god i thank you for you know the sufferings that i went through because i i i strongly believe that if it wasn't through this that I had went through, I don't think my prayer life would be the same. I don't mm. think, I don't think I would have looked for you the same. I think, I think sometimes the things that we go through is so necessary. You know, it's you know what it is. It's just so necessary for us to be broken. No one likes to be broken. You know, and I was <laughs> I told the youth this one time that my I have an aunt 
who collects um, porcelain dolls. I don't know if you know about these porcelain dolls. I hate creepy. that. They're creepy. You know, but some of them carry value. And what, what a lot of people like to do is put them in a box, protect them, um, making sure that it's it, it never loses value. It's not broken. And I strongly believe that God wants to take us out of that box. Like, that's how I, I view it. I view it as it, it's so ne- like we want to portray ourselves sometimes as this porcelain doll that we got to look perfect in his eyes um, to be used by him. But the thing about it is that with God, we have more value in our brokenness. <laughs> we have more value in our brokenness. And think about it. You know, when Peter, um, when Peter walked on water, it wasn't just... Um, Oh, I was that person who who walked on. No, he he didn't preach. Oh, I know a man who walked on water. He was able to preach. I was that man, you know. And sometimes, like you know, for example, your podcast, what you're doing now, this is testimony. People are being touched by all these testimonies that you know that you've been interviewing. Why? Because testimony is so prophetic. It it just it transforms you. It changes your life, you know. And and I think that's why we go through what we go through sometimes. It's not because we have a bad God. It's because we have a good God. You know, and it's just so weird to say that, that, oh, yeah, we go through things because our God is good. But no, there's just, there's value in our brokenness. And when I went through that depression, I knew that, that when I started to, to break in little pieces, I felt like my life was just broken in little pieces. It is beautiful to know that he just starts to pick up those pieces and puts them back together. And there's a part in the Bible, and it just I'm going to read it real quick. I have it here. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It really spoke to me. And it's in Galatians 6, 17. It says, For I bear on my body the scars that show that I belong to Jesus. Bro. <laughs> it says, mm. I bear on my body the scars that show that I belong to Jesus. You know, like, dude, that is powerful. Because we want to portray ourselves like we're, we're, we want to put this filter on, you know, like this is what we're doing nowadays. We want to put a filter on our pictures, making sure that, you know, we're good, we're perfect. But man, I was like, man, I was a pastor who went to depression, a, a worship leader that was having suicidal thoughts. But I was like, man, those were my scars that, you know, when he put me back and put me back together, it's like a puzzle. He started connecting everything back together. I was like, man, like, this is who Jesus was. You know, yeah. he went through what he went through for us, for me, for you. He also had his battle scars. You know, like a lot of people talk about, for example, Thomas in the Bible, the doubting Thomas. I don't know if you everybody always says the doubting Thomas. But you know what's crazy? I always thought about Thomas as a radical person. Why? Because he was the only one radical enough in the room to say, Jesus, can is it really you? Yeah, he, he was spoke the, up. he was the only radical one to say to to put his hand on his on his scar on his on on his you know his his hole and I was just like man like it shows it, it it's important for him to I don't know if this is making sense but I feel like if you're going through some some something right now and whoever's gonna listen to this podcast if you're going through something right now he's faithful enough to put you back together. He's faithful enough. He's good enough. He is strong enough. There's there's nothing that that he cannot do. He could do it all. You know, and when I went through my depression, I I I never not I never doubted that he wasn't gonna take me out of it. I never doubted it. Because if I would have doubted, I would have never continued my worship. I would have never continued to pray. But I knew that he was my only way. I knew it. See, the thing about it is I had my encounter when I accepted Jesus, right? But the thing about it is when you forget what you've been through, it's time for another breakthrough. <laughs> mm. You know, and sometimes if you're if even if you're a Christian now and you're going through things, it's time for another breakthrough. I don't know if this is making sense, but we think that, you know, when we come to, to Jesus, everything's perfect, everything's good now. No. You know, for example, in the word in John John 15, when he talks about him being the the, the true grapevine. There's a secret at the bottom that says, if you remain, if you remain in me, you will produce much fruit. So there's going to come a season that you're not producing fruit. And that speaks life to you. Why? Because it shows that if you're not producing much fruit, then you forgot to remain. You stop remaining. 
So when you start going through something again, God is like, all right, it's time for another breakthrough. Yep. It's time for another breakthrough. And my depression in that moment was a reminder that I needed another breakthrough. I needed to learn how to put God first in my life again, that he was more important than what I wanted. Yeah. You know, once I started to understand that he was everything that I needed, I understood that everything else will come. Everything else will come. But this season, I feel like everything that we're, we're living right now in the world, he's teaching us how to remain in him. You know, we need to remain in him. And anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast, just remain, 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 remain. And and you're going to you're going to bear much fruit. <laughs> it's, it's a promise. It's not just a word that that comes empty. You know, his word has life. And when he speaks a promise, it's it's going to happen. You know, but it's 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 our position to to believe this word and it's going to manifest. Natalia, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No, just thank you. I mean, every every everything you said is like, and John, literally John fifteen, right now has been like wrecking me. That's actually really? uh, uh, yeah. I've been I've been on John fifteen right now. Um, Can I be honest with you? What's up? God told me this was this word was for you, John fifteen. <laughs> really. Yes, it's crazy because um, I was talking to my husband before the podcast and, and I told him I really feel like God is going to speak to Eric. God wants to speak to Eric. And it's just that word remain. Um, I, it's, for your life, I don't know in what way you're going to receive that, but it, it's crazy because I, I felt John 15. So that's the word that I was reading yesterday. And there's a promise in that word, Eric, that says mm-hmm. if you remain. Yep. You know, and you're going to bear much fruit. And you know, it's crazy. There's a part in that in, in that word that says he prunes the fruit for much fruit. He prunes it for more, you know. So, yeah, we're receiving so much. And it's easy to say, well, if I'm doing all this, why am I still going through a process? You know, the process processes are never going to end. They're going to I mean, as long as we're living here, they're going to always continue because we're being pruned every day. And I'm going to share something that happened to me the other day. Uh, I was eating an orange, right? And as I opened this orange, there was another orange inside of it. (laughs) That's never happened to me. I know. I wish I would have taken a picture. It was crazy. I was like, like, it was like like a legit another orange that you had to peel or it was like. I peeled an orange and as I opened it, there was another one growing inside of it. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And I was just like, man, like that spoke to me so much of what he talks about when he prunes the fruit. It's to bear much fruit. It's to bear more fruit. Yeah. And that's John 15 as well, if you read more towards the bottom. Yep. And I was just like, man, like that's <laughs> that speaks of his goodness. You know, it's it's we're living in this world. So when we go through things, it's easy to say, well, God is God doesn't love me then if we're going through this. Or no, it's because he loves you. You know, it's because he loves you. You know, he is pruning you for much more, yeah. for much more fruit. You know, when I opened that orange, I was like, ooh, man. <laughs> it's crazy because as a Christian, you take everything into like, whoa, God, you're speaking to me. <laughs> yep. But, bro, like, I, I've declared that for your life, man, that this is going to be fruit on top of fruit. And I really believe that for your life as well. I was I was praying for God, you know, to speak to you as well. And that's the word that I received was John 15. So that's crazy, that connection. No, nah, I received it. No, literally, literally, um, uh, one of my leaders, um, we're, I'm taking a Holy Spirit life group, and they, um, they, they, they told us to read John 15 for like a little prompt just to speak with Holy Spirit and to see what he wanted to speak to us through, through um, uh, the specific verse in John 15. And then I, I was like, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And and I did, but before I even went to it, being intentional with completing that task, um, I I just played it on on the Bible app. It just came up as I was driving on a on a on a, a, a bachelor retreat, and uh, and I just listened to it. And I was like, this is just hitting different. I was like, yo, why is this hitting different right now? I was like <laughs> playing it back, and then I was getting all these revelation. I was like, man, this is. This is this is just deep. So, like, even as you you know, you we brought up John fifteen multiple times, even with uh, uh, in diff- the other conversation that we had. So, 
Yeah, no, I receive it 100%. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Natalia, for coming on. Uh, for anybody who is uh, curious of um, Natalia's just contact information or if you want to follow her on her social media uh, or if you want to follow their ministry, uh, all the links will be down below, whether you're tuning in from Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you may be. Just check the links below and uh, all her information will be there. Natalia, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to all the listeners. Um, man, just pray God continues to fill you. Holy Spirit continues to speak to you. Um, run this back because there's just so much wisdom that was spoken. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. See you next week. <laughs>